Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one tomb at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. And I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. Uh, and today we're talking about Minute 142, which starts with this procession continuing and ends with Gron shaking which procession? the gates. The funerary procession? Yeah, I know. It's a new minute. From, from it's yesterday. New I mean, I would hope people aren't listening to this out of out of order, but just you know, on you could shuffle. Be. Yeah, just on shuffle. <laughs> what a way to listen to a podcast! Oh my god, especially in movies by minute. That would Chaos. Be... So, so this minute begins with the continuing of the funerary procession from yesterday, and ends with Grand shaking the gates of Gondor, and ends on this scale shot of Grand hanging on its frame next to some orcs. It looks cool. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I uh if i think the shot has aged really well or not but i think it's a really good indicator of the scale that we're dealing with uh like most of the time when there's a person moving in front of green screen stuff i don't think it's aged particularly well mm. well we can talk about let's talk about um this like, sad this sad nonsense oh, first. man this is this is like peak shakespearean grief yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, um, oh, uh, what is it? Um, brain. Um, this is like Greek tragic myth. The the per I'm trying to think of, uh, who wrote Oedipus Rex? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember who wrote Oedipus Rex. Is it Eur Euripides? No, it's not Euripides. I don't think. Humanities. <laughs> Humanities. I don't remember. <laughs> Um, no, no, that was, that was a joke. I know. Euripides? <laughs> Humanities? Yeah. The Greek Taylor joke? Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good joke. I love a good pun. Uh, Sophocles. Sophocles. There we go. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like Greek tragedy, like, per performance from, from Denethor here. It's very, um, intense in a really quiet way. Yeah, you can um feel the madness in this. I think because um, it's quiet. Yeah, you can just really get sucked in to to John Noble's performance. I think mm -hmm. if you're watching it real close, because the the way he delivers the the set of lines, uh, why do the why do fools fly? Yeah, is just like, whew, all right, buddy. I like the the way he is um like like he's not focused on like his eyes especially his eyes aren't focused on um what's happening in front of him like they just feel like he just feels like glossy if that makes any sense yeah he's looking down and slightly back almost to suggest that he's thinking of faramir the way the camera is framed mm. uh which i think is an interesting touch in this moment um as far as the framing goes because of how Denethor has treated Faramir throughout this whole movie. So I, I just think that's an interesting thing to kind of point out. Is that the, yeah, the framing of the camera makes it look like he's 
thinking of Faramir more than he's thinking about what's in front of him. At least to me, that's the way the performance reads and the, the camera work. But how does that tie in with what he's saying? Because he's talk because he's also talking about dying himself. So there's better to die sooner than late. In his mind, Faramir has already died. Yeah. So Faramir doesn't have to live through the atrocity in front of him. Oh, I see. So and he's gonna go remove himself from it now. Just better to die sooner than late. For die we must. I mean, I feel like this line I mean, I know that he's just descended into um madness at this point. Um, but initially, like it's he sees the the enormity of of the the oncoming army. Um, and his first thing he says is flee. Flee for your lives. Yeah. You know? So it just um it feels at odds with that Denethor, but I think that this Denethor is um a different this is the truly broken Denethor. Yeah, yeah. This is this isn't Denethor breaking. This is this is Denethor having broken. That's fair. So I, I think there's a good distinction to draw there. Mm. Um but yeah, I think this this whole this this bit of dialogue is interesting because I I yesterday I brought up how I always kind of felt like there was a part of this that was religious in nature. And the fact that they choose to use the word heathen kings. Yeah, I was confused about that. Like, that implies to me that the entombing of people has to do with Gondorian funeral rites of some kind of a religious nature. Because he refers to them, we will burn, like, the heathen kings. Right, but, like, okay, what what heathen kings is he talking about? Like, what heathenry is he talking about? People who turned away from worship of the Valar, like the Corsairs down south. The heathen kings of old. But he talks about of old, so, like, is he talking about, like... Well, there were there were men in Middle-earth that didn't worship Val- uh, the Valar before. Numenor was special, and then Numenor is held up as this great point of light, because there were men that Morgoth corrupted before the fall of... long before the fall of Numenor. Oh. Do you think that's what he's talking about then? Probably. Okay. I think the um It's interesting. It's a the really word interesting choices line. is interesting, yeah. Yeah. Uh also uh embalmed. He uses the word embalmed. Yeah. Which I don't know if that would be anachronistic. I don't know how long we've embalmed our dead in the real world. Um well, I mean that's what the ancient Egyptians were known for. Um, was that really embalming? Yeah, they like it took them months to like prepare the body. Because mm. they because to them like the body itself is like the physical body is sacred. Like that's your body, so yeah. like you need that when you. That's right. why they built the. That's why they mummified their dead because right. they were trying to preserve right. them. Is mummification a different process from what we call embalming in the modern day? Um, it's, I mean, it's different, but it also, like, falls under the umbrella term of um, embalming. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I always thought that those two words were, like, distinctly separate. No. Because embalming, if I'm, if I remember correctly, is just, like, preparation of a body for Uh, burial. When I, when I hear the word embalm, I always think specifically of, um... I always think of embalming fluid and I always associate embalming with the act of 
replacing bodily fluids for the purpose of preservation. Yeah, that's what the ancient Egyptians did. Did they replace the bodily fluids? Um, I don't know that they replaced. That's like that's just a lack of knowledge on my part as far as where the word comes from. Like I, I, I think I always think of embalmed specifically as the use of fluid to create preservation by replacing oh, all bodily I don't, fluids. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not like a. I don't work in like a funeral home or anything, but like, yeah, I'm also not an expert on like, um, you know, ancient Egypt or anything. Right. <laughs> but so, like, I, I just don't know like how, how broad the definition of embalming was. I've already always associated that word with embalming fluid. And as such thought that it specifically yeah. meant, no, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's just an umbrella term. Yeah. The art and science of preserving human or animal remains by treating them, um, with whatever in modern in the modern world we use chemicals um to forestall decomposition okay cool. so like yeah you're preserving the body so mummification is embalming okay. yes yeah. yeah it's a form of yeah. it's like a big umbrella term and then there's like subcategories not a conversation i thought i was gonna have today about whether like what the definition of embalming is but I, it's okay know. um it's just something i didn't know i just always associated it with like it's modern use no no Cool, cool. Like, you know, like, um, like a bog mummy is different because right. some of those, unless that wasn't, that wasn't done on, on purpose. purpose. I or, mean, some of them was, were, but like, I mean, it was done on purpose, but not on purpose. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the way that you would like, they, um, they didn't throw them into the bog to preserve their body. That just happened right. because that's what the happens. It just happened because of salt and other things in the water. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ew pickled remains um yeah, pretty much gross or frozen remains in northern parts of the world yeah you know that's cool i guess but yeah i, I think that this this uh this line from denethor continues to hint that there's a religious aspect to this i'm just because like the use of the word heathen right i know but like that's <laughs> what throws me off yeah because you can only get more like you could only get more specifically referring to it in a religious way if they use the word pagan I mean, yeah, they're interchangeable, but like heathen. Um, like I think because in I think heathen has a a broader context of the word pagan, colloquially, or like in in modern language. I think pagan is specifically um, pre-Christian. Is it? I'm not sure. More definitions. I hear um, I hear heathenry and pagan paganism. Um, used interchangeably they might be like um different like two different sides of the same coin right or whatever like or like shades of each other like i don't know what the venn diagram is between a heathen and a pagan yeah yeah you know yeah. what i mean yeah like because i feel like both of both of those words i think have religious connotation to their use heathen though here um i think heathen has more negative connotation yeah for sure um then pagan yeah i'm pretty sure pagan. it's in denethor's tone that yeah there's a negative connotation here we'll burn like the heathen kings of old yeah yeah oh i didn't know that that's interesting so heathen apparently is a person who does not follow a christian religion whereas pagan means a person not adhering to an abrahamist religion so like Judaism so all pagans are heathens or islam that's interesting. So all pagans are heathens, but 
not all heathens are pagans. Apparently, that's very. It's interesting. like an, it's like a, it's like one of those IQ test questions about if all A's are B's and all B's are C's or all A's those kinds of questions. Huh. Interesting. I didn't. That's a that's an interesting di- distinction. That is, yeah. That's very interesting. I um, yeah, I didn't know that. Because in in modern parlance, we just use the word heathen generally to mean like people who are acting out in some sort of way. Yes. Yeah, that's why I say like heathen has a more negative connotation. Yeah. I mean, the word heathen does anyway. I think like it has a modern use as just referring to bad behavior because of its use historically. Yeah. So like those two things are related. I had that backwards. That's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. We're learning about stuff right? today. We're learning the history of language. Wow. He would be proud, I think. Yeah, right? J.R.R. Tolkien continuing to teach us. I guess. No, I mean, I'm learning because the internet's in front of my face. Right. I actually do not believe that he would have used... I, I could be wrong. Um, But I don't think that this comes from the book because um, I... I feel like he would have taken the care to separate, um, like to not use a word tied to like Real specifically world. Christianity mm. in his like, you know, Christian fantasy. Uh. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, don't, I don't have the text in front of me, but I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like this isn't in the book. Maybe as I continue to listen to the commentary, we'll be proved wrong. Because like, I don't know. I keep tripping over this the use of this word here because it, it feels off given that there's no other um like explicitly christian symbolism or words yeah or like the, i mean there it uh, it it's all changed not it's, symbolism not symbolism there's lots of symbolism but it's not um it's not explicitly christian because it's all changed the the words are different even though even if the meaning's the same um, that's what i'm getting at I think there is some explicitly Christian. I mean, we've talked about like the saint imagery. Right. I mean, that's a directorial choice. Yeah. But I mean, like, I think, yeah, I think they might have. Um, I think that's, they, the, that's the modern world sneaking into the script. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially with like the the vast um, like lore and world building yeah. surrounding this, this um, work, I feel like the word heathen is a little anachronistic. Yeah, it fe- it feels a little anachronistic. Um, I think it's a good line. Yes. I think it's a I think it's a really good line. Because I mean, like, I understand what they're going for. Like it evokes a certain um thing. Right. Like, like what would what would be a better choice there to avoid the the meaning of heathen? Savage? Uh, no, I don't know that that's better. Like But that's like that's his meaning, the way it's delivered. Yeah. I I don't barbaric know. like what's the what's the what's the thing to use there instead to i don't like know, make this line flow i don't know that i don't know that you can replace anything i think it, we just have to rework the line yeah yeah like i don't think this is a case of where i open up my um oh my god thesaurus thesaurus yes the smartest my dinosaur. word dinosaur yeah yeah <laughs> I like that we both went to that place. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't know that that's a case of like looking for a synonym. Um, I think that's a case of like we're scrapping this line and re- rewriting it. Yeah, and I 
I wonder if maybe that's a conversation they had about this line or not. Because uh, there's a lot of care in making sure that things feel like uh, Tolkien lines. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if that's a discussion that was had. Um, I would have to... I'm I'm now curious, actually, if this is the line from the book. Um, but it's... It, I think it's a really, really good line. And I think it's really evocative of the sentiment that's being... Um, like being drummed up by all of this. Yeah. And I don't know if there's another word that really feels. Oh, no, it is from the book. Oh, good. Gandalf says it, though. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, I, I mean, I guess it makes like weirdly more sense that line coming from Gandalf yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of Gandalf dialogue that got split up among different characters. I believe that Gandalf was referring to the kings of Numenor after they fell under the influence of Sauron. They lost faith in the Valar and even made so bold as to attempt to invade the blessed lands. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So it's people that actively turned away from the Valar. Yeah. Is potentially what this is referring to. As opposed to people that were under Morgoth's sway and descended from them beforehand. Hmm. because i mean in in theory there would have been um indigenous peoples to middle earth that had been under morgoth's sway in this part of the world when the survivors of numenor came across interesting in theory i don't know if there there was but it makes sense that there would have been and they would have become part of gondor the same way that the the hill people became part of rohan yeah like we do know that there were there were tribes of people in regions of Middle Earth before Gondor took over this part of the world. Yeah, there's there's hints of them from a bunch of different stuff. Um, the the Dunedain I don't think predate Gondor though. I think that's a that's a post Gondor thing. Well, yeah, they're from Numenor, because they're right? they're people of they're Numenor in, that yeah that went north. They're not uh they're not just people that were breeding with elves in the woods in the north the whole time. Right. That's just, the life. Just a whole kingdom of half elves. Hey man. Whatever. Right. I think this is a really good line though. I really do. And I the way that John Noble delivers it, it feels so heavy. Uh-huh. This whole little this whole little I guess it's kind of a soliloquy or a monologue, because Denethor is only talking to himself. That makes it a soliloquy, right? From the I'm a steward of the house of Anarion to the end of this, this little scene with him. I don't know that he's talking to himself because there are at least like 10 other people with him. Yeah. But he's not really regarding them until the last line. That's true. I mean, there are other people around uh, when Ham during Hamlet's soliloquy, but he's not really talking to them. Yeah. Well, Hamlet's so far up his own ass. that like, <laughs> Well, so is Denethor. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, God, I love was him. It, is it Rosencrantz and Guildenstern right there when he's doing the to be or not to be thing? I don't. No, I don't think so. He's like in a graveyard. Yeah, but there's there's someone around. There's other characters near him. Like the a gravedigger. Oh yeah, maybe it's just the gravedigger that's there. It's been a while since I read Hamlet. Oh, pre alas pre-orc. Um Dude, it is freaky to me that the the Shakespeare company had a real skull to do dude, that. Dude, no, that's with. badass. That's so freaky to me. That's how you get a haunted production. Right. And David Tennant was just like, Yes, I want to use the real yes! skull. Yes! Why wouldn't you? That's amazing. 
Like, it's um, it's a famous composer's skull too, right? Right. Who wanted it donated to the yeah, Globe yeah. Death. I don't remember yeah. which. I think it's a Russian composer. Yeah, I remember reading about that. And being yeah. like, that is that's hardcore. Yeah, I want my skull cleaned and given to the Shakespeare Company, the the Globe Theater, to use after my death. Dude, whatever. Because Hamlet is my favorite play. It's so cool. Like weird flex, but okay. <laughs> No, but I, I think that these these collection of lines um, say as much about Denethor and like who he is and maybe something about who he was than anything else in the movie so far. Because hmm. I think they these lines and the delivery of them and the solemnness feels, you know, in a way like more genuinely Denethor than a lot of the stuff we've seen, just in the way that it's performed by John Noble. Yeah, like, because I was talking about this a while ago, um, like, politician Denethor versus, like, who he actually is. Right, this is the, the walls are gone. Yeah. There's, there's no one to... He's just to, a sad old man. Right, there's, there's no one to, there's no one to impress here. There's no one to be strong for. Right. And even though there's no one to be strong for, there's this there's still this heft to everything he does mm -hmm. but it 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 feels it it feels more real it's there's just something about the way that john noble performs this scene that just feels heavy in a way that feels genuine and not posturing because so much other uh so many other places in denethor's performance feels like posturing yeah because it's because he's the He's a politician. Yeah. But his, because uh, his body language is so, John Noble's body language is so nuanced all the way through this performance as Denethor, everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but the, just the, the way he walks into this tomb, he opens the doors with one hand and it almost looks like he just throws them aside easily. You know that um, it mirrors like the, the really sexy Aragorn shot. Right. Um, also, I think the, the choice of using, um, like, fools and fly so close together is, like, a mirroring of Gandalf in a way. Yeah. So, I, I think there's, there's interesting things going on there. Like, there's, there's lots of interesting comparisons to draw, um, I guess, arc-wise between, uh, Denethor and Gandalf or Denethor and Aragorn. Mm. Uh, because Denethor has been, like... Denethor sees himself as like uh, an oracle into Gondor's future based on what he's seen in the Palantir. Yeah. But he's corrupted and misguided, whereas Gandalf is the true oracle of this tale. Yeah. So that's that's just kind of an interesting comparison to make in, in regards to their two characters, in my opinion. Also, Gandalf isn't all white and Denethor isn't all black, black yeah. which kind of visually connects them in a way by them being such stark contrasts to each other. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that that's kind of interesting to me too. Every time Denethor is like part of this, I'm just like, oh, this there's look at this other little yeah. thing that I've noticed. I like this set, the tomb set. Right? What's interesting about it to me is it doesn't look like there are like sarcophagi in here. No, there are. But there must be. Like those must be sarcophaguses. Sarcophagi. Yeah. Sarcophagi. Yeah. Um, you can say coffins. It's okay. Coffins. 
Well, I, I, I don't think of coffins as being like stone structures like yeah, this. That's, yeah, it's technically a sarcophagus. Yeah. Um, but they have these like cast metal pieces on top. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Or are the, they black um, marble? I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. Because there's black marble in other places in Gondor. Yeah. I don't know. This is specifically um, where the stewards are laid to rest. Um, um, I want, I don't know if the kings are also laid to rest here. Well, is Denethor... I mean, the, the scene is called the Tomb of the Stewards, so like... Yeah, that's true. Uh, so the stewards have a separate, separate place. Yeah, because I would imagine the kings are laid to rest underneath the, um, the, the hall itself. Oh, that makes sense. Um, actually, there must be somewhere that's open, because we see... Um, what Aragorn's tomb will be. Oh, that's true. But he might be an exception because he is... It's like special. So he, it, yeah. it's not just a tomb. It's like a memorial. Yeah. It's a monument. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's another place. Or uh, the kings are like behind the wall of their statues that line the hallway going into the main... Um, maybe. Or they're room. inside the statues. Yeah, that's messed up. <laughs> You know, but like, that's where I would think, because you would, um, it would make sense for the stewards to be nearby, but not like actually in the royal complex. Right. Uh, yeah. Because like, you know, they go across this, this catwalk bridge. Man, there's some beautiful marble in this set. Yeah, it's really pretty. I like the, um. The braziers? Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, I like this set. It's spooky, but like also like a museum. Yeah. This uh this pedestal in the middle is vaguely flower shaped at its base. Yeah. It's almost it's it actually I wonder if it's supposed to look like an eight pointed star from above. I uh, yeah, I I think so. Yeah. Like a like a sun or something. But Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool detail here. Yeah. Um in the in each of the hallways you can see at least like nine like different tombs. At least seven, it looks like. One, two, three, four. It's hard to tell yeah. if there's one more opening at the end of that row or not. It's hard to yeah. But yeah, you can see um you can see quite a few of the the sarcophagi. Yeah. And then there's There's like alcoves. Yeah, there's just like this it's like a cross shaped room, but we don't see what uh one end where one end goes. Yeah. Not in this shot. So it's hard to tell how big this space is, too. Like, is this... This is just, like, a little front entrance, and then it's pretty much maze-like, spiraling out from here? I mean, maybe. It's kind of hard to tell. But that would be... Um, right, like, how big is this place? Is this... It'd have to be bigger than the king's ones, because there's been more stewards. Right. Is this a veritable necropolis? Maybe there's stairs that go down. Somewhere, maybe. I mean, we don't see all the all the sarcophagi. Yeah. In one of these one of these little spaces that's open, so maybe one of them doesn't have a sarcophagus in it. Maybe one of them is a turn in a hallway. Yeah, and it just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure that Tolkien listed somewhere exactly how many, how many stewards, stewards there, there were. were. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, this we we cut from that scene back to the this the siege at the gate. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, there is one other thing that I that I find interesting. The it looks like they're carrying Faramir on a shield. It it's shaped like a big shield, and it seems to be like gold plated on the bottom. It looks like a door. 
yeah it's like it's a weird litter i don't know yeah it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing yeah um i think it's if it feels like it's supposed to be representative of a shield to me i think maybe it's specifically for for the carrying burial. of a body yeah yeah Yeah, I don't know. It it's got um it's got like um three hundred Spartan vibes as far as just like <laughs> the thing they're carrying him on. Well, you know who's in that movie as well. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh it didn't come out that long after this movie. Um, no, this came out in two thousand three. That came out in two thousand seven. I mean, that's not really that long. That's like four I mean the years. filming the filming is pretty wide, uh, apart from each other. But yeah. Four years is not really, is not a long time. I don't know. Movie-wise, yeah. Nah, I don't really think so. That's like, that's a pretty reasonable distance between sequels for most sane franchises. Yeah, I guess. The only, the only reason I remember what, what year um, 300 came out is because that was like the first rated R movie I was allowed to go see by myself. Yeah, I was like right out of high school and me and a bunch of friends went and saw it. Yeah. Oh, Zack Snyder. I did not like Zack Snyder as a filmmaker. I mean, overall, controversial opinion, I guess, but like overall, I still like that movie. I feel like I've seen enough Zack Snyder to be like, nah, yeah, I'm not into it. I mean, I think that there are there are things that he's really good at showing on the uh, like at, at directing on in in a movie. Yeah, but the things that he is good at, I have no interest. Right, in. you're not you're not particularly interested in. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um. He he did Watchmen, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't like I mean, Watchmen. That either. opening fight scene is real good. I mean, an With opening Jeffrey Dean Morgan. An opening fight scene does not a movie make, Norman. No, that's true. Like, I don't know. There, there, there's good stuff, but yeah, like Zack Snyder's whole like. I'm not into his aesthetic uh, yeah, as the, a filmmaker. The I, grim dark stuff. I don't just, like it. I'm over it. Just yeah, the the grim dark like super macho like testosterone like yeah, it works for 300 because like I'm going into that movie to watch like right. you also know, you know rip dudes beat the crap out of each other. Right. You're, you're there to watch Gerard Butler. Yeah, I mean and that's why you're there. Hell yeah, just uh, shirtless loincloth clad Gerard Butler you know for two hours. Where you know are you what? going? I'll I'm going on a walk. I'll I'll own it. You know, it's fine. But like, I don't know. I, f- I feel like Watchmen needed more finesse. Yeah. Overall, I like that movie. It has problems. I just, I don't know. Whatever. Wrong movie, I guess. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked about it. We were on that podcast. Yeah, yeah, we were. That was the only time I've seen that movie. I've watched it once, and now I never have to watch it again. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we, we... Just wait, wait, wait. We go back to the gate. Grand is here. There's this scale shot at the end of the minute to show you how absolutely massive this... I like it. This thing is. It yeah. works for me. It, yeah, it works. I, I don't think... Like most green screen effects from 20 years ago, I don't think it's aged very well. I don't really have a problem with it. Yeah, it's just it's just weirdly really noticeable to me. I don't think so. I don't know. It's maybe it's just because it's isolated from the movie you're watching it like this, and I'm yeah. just unconscious of the fact that they only built a 25 foot long grand. Right. My brain is just that's wrong. <laughs> but no, I like it. I um I like that we get to see the detail on it. Yeah. I like that we 
get a sense of how big it is. Which makes you question. Okay, so how big are those freaking trolls? Uh, okay, yes. How big are the trolls? But one of the other things that this does to me is make me question the scale of the gate. Mm. Because Faramir on a horse looked roughly a third as tall as that gate when he went through it. Yeah, but like you know, whatever. So I, I think that that the, was like an hour ago, <laughs> right? So I think <laughs> the the sheer scale of Grand. Yeah. Feels like it breaks the scale of the gate. Well, it feels like overkill, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's fine. That's 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 on brand for them. Right. But it, it feels like it breaks the scale of the gate for uh, the impact scenes where we actually see Grand hit the gate from its side. That's fair. And when it breaks through, finally, um, it, it just feels off when you really start to think about it. I like this shot isolated, though. This catwalk shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. evocative. Yeah. Uh, it really gives you a sense of, of scale, of size. I think it looks more like a dragon than a wolf. Yeah, like I mean... still. Yeah. Especially here. Cause Where like, you can't see its front. It's huge and it's on fire. And <laughs> Yeah. You can't see its front very well. Yeah. It kind of looks like scales rather yeah, the, than fur. Yeah, the, the furs. Yeah. The stylized fur looks like scales to me. Yeah. I get that. I get that vibe. Yeah. It's cool, though. I dig it. Yeah. I don't know. This is a heavy couple of minutes to start the week with. Yeah. With just crazy Denethor. Just mad steward Denethor. I love Pippin just like sneaking. Right. Just like, what the hell He's is going on? Doing what hobbits do. Yep. Man, ah, the way that John Noble says, bring me wood and oil. It's just. Oh my God. Oh, what? Oh, something bad is about to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, we shall burn. We shall burn like the heathen no kings of old. No long, slow sleep of death embalmed. We shall burn. Like the heathen kings of old. Bring Boom. wood and oil. Just a little zoom in. There's the, the beat right before he says it. Uh-huh. It's just... It's good. It's so good. Just chef kiss. It's real good. Real heckin' good. Just, uh John Noble, you so good at being so bad. <laughs> Not even though, like, he's just, uh, he's just, just a such a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just such a bastard. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's minute 142. We'll be back tomorrow to keep talking about the, the Siege of Gondor. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out some non movies by minutes podcasts on duelinggenre.com, like the Doctor's Companion, where you can also find Cassandra, uh, Protagonist Podcast, uh, Geek by Night. Uh, re-releasing edited down episodes to make them a little more digestible yeah. down to like the... Well, I mean, they're not edited down. It's just like edited differently. Like there's yeah. there's nothing that's been cut. It's just like like instead of a big... Instead of like the whole cake, it's split into like four pieces. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my brain just... just so Edited down just seems like a simple way to say that to me in my brain. I don't know. But yeah. So go go check those out. Uh, they're, they're just, they're coming out. How, how often are they? Once a week? Um, twice a week. Twice a week. Sunday and Wednesday. So go listen to those if you haven't. Geek by Night is, uh, really good. Thank you. Uh, you should, if, if you are also interested in how it was made, you can listen to the commentary episodes that are coming out for yeah. it. Beyond Geek by Night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go, go check out the Non-Movies by Minutes podcast on the website. Uh, give them a like, a subscribe, however you, however you listen to them. Uh, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye.